I watched a funny video that Danny's friend Kat posted, and she just she posted the video and then just said, Charlie thinks this is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Charlie is her three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so I watched the video, and it's called Farting with Attitude. Okay. <laughs> and it's just this guy. He's got, like, a fart machine in his pocket, mm-hmm. but he's, like, prancing around doing silly things in, <laughs> in Central Park. <laughs> At one point, he's standing in the middle of a bunch of people, and he's pretending to talk on the phone. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, yeah? Well, here's this. And then goes, and he goes, yeah, did you hear that? That's for you. God. Could you imagine, like, watching somebody do that in public, though? I I would die. I would laugh. Look, I love a fart joke. Mm -hmm. I can't help it. It just tickles me. Because deep down on the inside, there's a 10-year-old boy (laughs) who thinks that farts are real funny. (laughs) That little boy is in all of us. (laughs) Don't ever forget. Don't ever forget. Don't let him die. (laughs) Give him the fart jokes. You become an adult when that little boy dies. (laughs) Uh, I'm in luck because he is living his best life. He's thriving. (laughs) Are we recording? Oh, okay. Hello, everyone. Oh, hi. <laughs> We've just been chatting away. We were having some technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. We're making sure that everything's on the up and up. You Hold can take a drink. One second. <laughs> I've I've learned how to drink quietly, but <laughs> today has introduced ice, ice into cubes. the equation. Not plastic ice cubes and like we usually yeah. use. Real crunchy ice cubes. Yeah. So I was like... Uh, Oh, oh no. Oh no. Here it comes. I have to adjust my methods. <laughs> uh, <sighs> welcome to uh, That Broad's Got Moxie. Yes. We're I'm, here. Yeah. We're here. I'm Kiana. I'm Cassie. Yeah. When we did it earlier, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Just trust us. <laughs> Just, it was <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It was hilarious. We maybe almost we'll, confused everybody. <laughs> maybe we'll reenact it another time. <laughs> true well we'll sh- set up the show notes and be like okay mm-hmm. intro make it confusing yeah <laughs> when we become um entirely scripted that's right Just no <laughs> never yeah all right so but tell me i came back from philly yes you came back from alaska cassie came back from alaska yes and now we're, we're here in the podcast dome <laughs> danny did that earlier <laughs> Uh, podcast dome the tiniest warmest room of the house right now yeah. also not a dome not it's, it's a square it's a square it's uh-huh. a little shoebox but it's our little shoebox it is it is what it's episode 23 23 yep yep so you go first tis my turn tell me who you're doing well no i'm okay. gonna talk <laughs> first okay that's acceptable <laughs> So I just came back from Philly. Yes. And you so, went to see Benny F's grave. Yep. And uh, be Frank's. Be, fr- be Frank's now. <laughs> um, and so I'm just going to s- probably for the next few episodes be giving like Philly facts. Just okay. Just because I hit up a bunch of museums. Gorgeous. That's just who I am. I like learning weird things. Per- yeah. L- like for instance. You got to you gotta <laughs> <laughs> lay one on me. Should I do the Liberty Bell one? Yes, give me a Liberty okay. Bell fact. Because I have only seen it through the window mm-hmm. on the way to a gay bar. Yeah, so which is the <laughs> ideal way to see it. <laughs> exactly. All right, so. So the official last ring ringing date of the Liberty Bell uh-huh. was George Washington's birthday. It, like, rung, and then they were like, we shall retire it. Okay. But then in 1996, uh-huh. a man entered the room where the Liberty Bell is held with a mallet. <laughs> And just came and just started wailing on the bell. <laughs> so technically, and historically speaking, the last time the Liberty Bell was rung was in 1996. Oh, shit. When a man came in who was uh, having some difficulties in life. Oh, oh, I wonder how much time he spent in prison for <laughs> Three that. Three years. Three years. <laughs> Three years in prison. Note to self, everyone. If you feel like ringing that bell. Mm-hmm. You are going to go to jail for three years. Yeah. And I think it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's on my bucket list. It's at the bottom. Right. And if they didn't have, they have, like, a metal detector to go through now oh, because of it. Naturally. 
But I'm just saying, mm-hmm. rubber mallets aren't metal. Yeah. Y- yeah, they aren't. <laughs> Good observation. <laughs> They're actually rubber. <laughs> You're welcome for everyone listening. <laughs> Even like a wooden thing. I feel like you could just take a drumstick in there and like... Yeah, but it wouldn't give you the... That's true. It's not going to give boom. you the the, yeah. the feel. The yeah. real... Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Okay. Oh, so, but this the per- person the person I'm covering today spent time in Philly. Oh, okay. Didn't, like, live there yeah. for a little while. Just yes. wasn't just vacationing. I mean, you've technically spent some time in That's Philly. That's true. No, they, <laughs> they, I saw their house. Oh, okay. When I was in Philly. Hmm. Some sources... Because, okay. you know, that's what I do. Yeah. And I epi- always forget to do. <laughs> <laughs> An episode of the podcast, and that's why we drink. Okay. I forget which one it is, but it's one of their live episodes. Oh, okay. But I had listened to it, like, a few months back when it was first released, mm-hmm. and from the knowledge that I learned from that, I've put into this, mm-hmm. but I haven't listened to it in a while, so... I But I still wanted to add them in. Okay. Uh, an episode of Drunk History... Gorgeous. Which I then had I to... I love f- drunk history. Drunk history is great. <laughs> but to be fair, I also fact-checked the drunk feeling uh, of it, so mm-hmm. it's still true, just in case anybody was worried. Whitehousehistory.org, Wikipedia, mm-hmm. firstladies.org, and the smithsonianmag.com, and history.com. That's a lot of sources. Yeah. And I am still like, mm, okay. I, well, somewhat historical, <laughs> yes. clearly. And okay. a first lady. And a first lady. Yeah. I'm not great at those, I'll tell you. So, it is actually America's first first lady Ooh. that I'm going to talk about. But, mm-hmm. don't get it twisted, it's not Martha Washington. Okay. She was not our first first lady. But also, fun fact, I wrote this down. George Washington met... Martha, uh-huh. because he was looking through the obituary pages for, he was looking for rich men who had died so that okay. he could then go after their widows and court their widows. Nuh-uh. Yeah. And so, Scandal. so George Washington was like well off, but he needed more, he wanted more money. Sure. And to do that, you marry a rich woman. Mm-hmm. And that was Martha Washington. <laughs> oh, okay. That was a fun fact. But this is not about her. So, <laughs> the first presidential wife to be called the first lady was actually dolly madison really yes okay so that's who i'm going to talk to you today my grandma's name was dolly talk to you today about talk about dolly madison today also i just (laughs) want to tell you all i have to see is your eyes i don't have to see your mouth when you (laughs) talk because i see you going over here and then you're over here and and then you're over here (laughs) listen Leave me alone. <laughs> I have no answer for that. It's just really I'm funny. It's like, if I can't see your teeth, you're like, if you can't see my teeth, you can't see what I'm talking about. Now I don't even want to look at you. <laughs> There's a wall now. Oh. Although I can't read my notes when I do that because the light, because it's double-sided. So. <laughs> Oops. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So, Dolly Madison. Yes. Dolly Madison was born Dolly Payne. On May 20th, 1768, to Mary Coles Payne and John Payne Jr. in a Quaker settlement in North Carolina. So we're... Starting off Quakers, North Carolina. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, Shortly after she was born, her family moved back to Virginia, where her parents were originally from. And they ran the family's plantation there. Okay. For a few years. While in Virginia, her mother gave birth to seven other children, making Dolly the oldest of, like, eight siblings in total. Holy cats. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's back in the day. Yeah. They weren't on a plantation. Honestly, though. Yeah. <laughs> too eight? many. Eight. That's seven too many. <laughs> <laughs> At least. <laughs> At least seven too many. <laughs> At least eight too many. Too many, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, following the Revolutionary War, which some people may have heard of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that old thing. <laughs> Her family emancipated their slaves and moved to the Quaker state of Pennsylvania. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Is that why it's called Quaker state? Yeah. Oh. No, no. Okay. No, no. <laughs> let me just... Hold on. Let me okay. rewind. There's a wing place. Oh. Okay. Where you can get chicken wings <laughs> in Pennsylvania called Quaker state. Yeah. Real good wings. Never knew why it was called Quaker state. Yeah. Now Pens- I do. You want to know why it's called Pennsylvania? <laughs> Yeah. Is it was named after the guy William Penn, who was like the head honcho of the Quakers who oh. they they settled in Philadelphia. You make me feel so much smarter. 
Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So they moved to Pennsylvania, specifically Philadelphia. Surprise. I already said that. Uh, In Philadelphia, her father became a starch merchant, which I don't know what that is. Maybe something to do with potatoes. Let's hope so. That's, but whatever it is. Those are starches. That's true. Or like laundry, starching your clothes. Did they do that then? I don't know. (laughs) I don't do laundry now. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, neither do I. Danny does it all. (laughs) Zeth does it. I cook. (laughs) Zeth does laundry. Perfect. That's how we split chores. I like it. Yeah. But whatever starch merchantry is, he was bad at it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Don't quit your day job, man. Well, he had already sold his plantation, so. Okay. He accumulated so much debt that the Quakers in town kicked him out of the faith. Or like the practicing group or whatever. And this led him to become severely depressed and bedridden. And as he was dying, he was like, Dolly, I'm dying. We're broke. Please, please, please marry this man, John Todd, Mm -hmm. because he's an up-and-coming lawyer, and he'll take care of you in my absence. And she was like, okay, Dad. (laughs) So so at 22 years old, she married this man Mm -hmm. uh, and moved into a modest three-story brick house on the corner of 4th and Walnut Street. Oh, snap. To where it still stands today. Oh. Or at least. So it's a three-floor walk-up, but it's real cute. Yeah. I think people might be living in it. It's not like a museum or anything. Oh, okay. Fancy. I like it. Okay. So together, they had two sons, John and William, and all was pretty chill with their life until August of 1793, because in Philadelphia, there was an outbreak of yellow fever, Mm, like mm -hmm. epidemic breakout, and Dolly's family was unfortunately hit very, very hard. Uh, She lost her husband, Mm -hmm. she lost her mother-in-law, she lost her father-in-law, and she lost her son, William, who wasn't even like one years old yet. Oh, for Pete's sake. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of loss in a little bit of time. Yeah. So, things only got shittier from there. (laughs) Don't worry. It gets worse. (laughs) Because I got two words for you. Coverture law. So, coverture law is what... (laughs) (laughs) Don't know what that is. (laughs) Is what limited a woman's uh, ability to own property. Oh, okay. And collect wages. Yep. So, picture this. She's grieving. She has only one son now. Uh, sh- that she alone has to provide for, uh-huh. but she can't get a job. And she's now been done dirty by her brother-in-law. Let me explain that. Tell me. <laughs> her husband left her money, mm-hmm. but only a man could be the executor uh-huh. of uh, the will, and uh-huh. the only surviving man in the family was his brother. And so he decided he was going to keep the money. Yeah, instead of being like, you were his wife, Yeah, let me help provide for you by yeah. giving you this. He was like... Mine now. Yeah. Oh, also, like, what a just dick. the fact that it was his brother's dying wish. Be like, yeah. hey, give this money to my wife. And he was like, nah, you're Second. dead. What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. What are you going to do? Haunt me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she sued him and got her $19. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this money was still not enough to really cover the cost of the funerals and then the child care. Um, And it was clear that she needed to remarry Mm -hmm. or else, like, she'd have to resort to sex work or... Yeah. Live in in poverty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait. (laughs) I told told you this earlier, but I realized I didn't state this. Okay, tell me. I started these notes and then as a (laughs) house, we decided that we haven't gotten drunk in a while. So... We started drinking. Perfect. And But I was like, I have to finish these notes. Mm-hmm. So I did half of the notes before I was too drunk and was like, I give up. I'll do them tomorrow. <laughs> but sometime, <laughs> this next sentence is drunk, Kiana, which says, <laughs> things were donkey booty, but, <laughs> but she was still considered a beautiful woman and an eligible young lady. <laughs> So, All right. Gotcha. I don't know why I said donkey booty. <laughs> nobody does, honey. Nobody does. Uh, but but bad. you wrote it. Yeah. And so we can't go back. And it's funny to say. Donkey, honestly. Donkey booty. Yeah. It kind of sounds like you're saying donkey hoodie. Oh. But maybe. Donkey booty. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> so the prospect of marrying not impossible mm-hmm. not only that philadelphia is the capital of the nation at the time because oh yeah so they had before they built in dc they had decided to then reside in philadelphia for 10 years while they were building up dc yes for it to be the capital for those who don't know but philadelphia was shortly our capital so, Philadelphia is the capital of the nation, and there's a lot of plenty of respectable, like, bachelors mm-hmm. running amok in the area. <laughs> running amok. <laughs> um, and once... Amok, 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 Hocus pocus! Yeah, very good. <laughs> so, one such man that she encountered was a man named... Dun, 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 Aaron Burr. You weren't expecting yes, that. Aaron Burr! <laughs> You weren't expecting that because she marries Madison, but she ran into to a Mr. Aaron Burr. So sir. she probably m- met Alexander Hamilton at some point too. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because they're all running in the same circles. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And she probably didn't like him. Nobody liked Nobody Hamilton. Nobody liked him because <laughs> he was a player. He was like also just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except when Lin Manuel Miranda plays him. When I, okay. in which case, he's the most charming. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> But speaking of Lin-Manuel Miranda, he really did wonders for Hamilton because Hamilton, like, was kind of something in our history lessons that we learned mm-hmm. about every once in a while. And then he wrote Hamilton, and at every museum that I went to that mm-hmm. had to do with the Founding Fathers, there was a special Alexander Hamilton exhibit. And he wasn't even president. No. Like, he, he wasn't. But also, I never would have known who the fuck Aaron Burr was. Yeah. Or anything. Yeah. Look, I learned a lot about the Revolutionary War from Hamilton. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I I like that all of our founding fathers really died in weird ways. <laughs> and it's just a funny fact that we forget. So like Hamilton mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. John Adams and Thomas Jefferson died on the same day on the like centennial of the 4th of July. Really? Yes. And huh. John Adams' last words were like let Jefferson live or something. But Thomas Jefferson was already dead at that JK. point. JK. <laughs> so, like, sorry. And my favorite one, which I learned this weekend, is a, a man named Governor Morris. Mm-hmm. Who, sorry, he wrote, so he's the founding father. He wrote the preamble to the Constitution. Okay. So, we the people. Uh-huh. Very, what, what astounding words. What a man. Yeah. He had syphilis. And <laughs> to cure it at the time, they would give you mercury. Yeah. And they would... Oh, in- boy. They injected it into your penis hole and your urethra. And he went to the doctors to get this done and was like, that's a big-ass needle. We're not doing that today. So he went home, found a whalebone, because it was thinner, and was like, I shall do this myself. <laughs> and he died from a penis infection. <laughs> The man who wrote, we the people. Oh, boy. <laughs> died of a penis infection. He also had a peg leg because <laughs> because he was at a married woman's house. They were doing the dirty and her husband came home. So he jumped out the window, ran to his carriage, and his own carriage ran over his leg and he lost it. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> These are the men that we admire. <laughs> and they're Our useless. founding fathers, ladies and gentlemen. They're a bunch of treating bastards who put whale bones in their wieners. <laughs> whale bones in their wieners. Furthermore, I would like to know exactly what bone from a whale is that small. Because have you seen a whale? Well, that's they used to do the corseting on like women's. Oh yeah, yeah, with yeah. Whale okay. bones. So I'm assuming I don't know what part of the whale that is. They I have mean, a, like I, uh, I assume they have a lot of bones. They're big. Probably, yeah, but they're big. Bo- Look, Listen. it doesn't matter. I'm sure this isn't coming from a blue whale or anything. <laughs> Probably a significantly smaller whale, one can hope. Hopefully. Okay, that's enough about Cute. that. <laughs> Moving right along. Thought, I just thought everybody needed to know how that man <clears throat> died. You. So you're welcome. So where were we? She met Burr. Yes. They were living in the same, like, townhouse or whatever, because mm-hmm. obviously she couldn't afford her own home anymore because she was poor. Yeah. And Burr, who knew Dolly, also was friends with a Mr. James Madison. Mm -hmm. And he thought that, you know, they might like each other. So he introduced them. Mm. And that's how she met 
James Madison. Although I did read something else that was like Madison asked Burr to introduce them. Mm. But either way, Burr introduced them Mm -hmm. and they hit it off. A brief... So James, Dolly, brief courtship. In August 1974, so only a year after the um, epidemic, they... Yeah. 1774. Wow. 17. Well, okay, hold. Okay. So now we've. 1794. I got my seven. I wrote down the nine. Boy, am I confused. (laughs) And they lived a really long time. Yes. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, So I'll uh, retract that. In August 1794. Okay. uh, Only a year after the yellow fever, Madison proposed to the widow and she accepted. Uh, Madison was not a Quaker, so because they were getting married, Dolly was also kicked out of the Quaker faith, like her father was, but she, I don't think, really cared that much. I don't think it affected her, like, at all. And they lived in Philadelphia together for the next three years. Beautiful. Yes. James then retired from politics, in parentheses, or so he fucking said. Uh, (laughs) he's, He's not retired from politics yet, but quote, retired, and then him, Dolly, and John, her son, Uh moved back to Virginia for a little while. But because he wasn't really retired from politics, in 1800, he accepted Thomas Jefferson's request request to serve as a Secretary of State. Okay, yes. And together they moved to D.C. It was at this point that Dolly became more interested in taking part of, like, society life. Mm -hmm. And Jefferson, who was a widower, widower at the time, Felt that he needed a female co-host for dinners. hmm And so he asked Dolly to aid him. And he also asked other um, cabinet members' wives. Okay. But Dolly was the one who was there the most mm-hmm. at serving as the, like, surrogate first lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, at this point, came more exposed to political and diplomatic figures and learned how to, like, g- grease them up, if you will. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she... Was actually one of the people who was in, he- like, head of fundraising for a little excursion known as the Lewis and Clark Expedition. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because huh. that, was, that was Jefferson's yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But she was like, give us your money. So that Meriwether and John, I'm assuming his name is? Shit, I don't remember. Is it Meriwether? And- it is Meriwether. Yeah, it's Meriwether Lewis. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be John Clark. I don't know. I don't think it's John Clark. Pretty sure it's not. Hmm. It has nothing to do with Philadelphia. <laughs> Who cares? So <laughs> <laughs> um, and Dolly took advantage of the access to her new so- social circle as the surrogate first lady. Uh, she loved the spotlight. And when Madison decided it was time to run for president, she employed her social skills to help him get into office. Ah, campaigning. Yes. That's what's up. Yeah. In Jefferson's second term... She made the, like, Madison household the place to be rather than the White House. Mm-hmm. And a Washingtonian at the time observed, After the presidents, the house of the Secretary of State was the resort of most company. Politicians and diplomats could not resist Dolly's consulary disposition. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I heard that right. And her frank and gracious manners. Huh. Sounds yes. like a real... A real peach. She's a real, she's a real schmoozer. I like it. She, like, drank alcohol. She did drugs. And she's like, ooh, I'm the cool cat. <laughs> <laughs> Like me. Yeah. I'm cool. <laughs> so the foreknowledge and, and the opportunity. Hold on. Here's I was where, drunk when I wrote this. I was going to say, I, <laughs> drunk Kiana is having I thought I um, time. edited it when I was sober, but I didn't. Okay, one second. Okay. Okay. So... Her knowledge with Jefferson and now as the actual, like, wife of the president, Mm -hmm. she consciously created her own public persona to help shape the, like, political and, like, public role of what it meant. And so she was soon called a presidentress. Oh. Oh, I like that. Because she was, like, just as important as Madison in terms of, like... Talking and schmoozing and all that getting shit stuff. done. Mm-hmm. Um, she was super enthusiastic about her role as first lady and thought it necessary for the White House to be the social center for DC. She was a smart lady and knew that 
oh, if I entertain all these politicians and their wives, they're more likely to be on my husband's side mm-hmm. in case anything yeah, goes Yeah, you gotta show them a good time. Exactly. So, she created this place that politicians could talk casually about issues outside of, like, Congress. Mm-hmm. And it became more productive. Okay. Um, every Wednesday, she would throw a party. Every Wednesday. Uh, and they would co- become to known as squeezes because everybody would have to squeeze into the room to fit. Mm-hmm. Washington Irving, the dude who wrote The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, uh-huh. if you've heard of it, uh, once said that the parties were a blazing splendor of Mrs. Madison's drawing room. Here I was most graciously received, found a crowded collection of great and little men, of ugly old women and beautiful young ones, and in ten minutes was hand in glove with half the people in the assemblage. Mrs. Madison is a fine, portly, buxom dame <laughs> who has a smile and pleasant word for everybody. That sounds like me. <laughs> and you. <laughs> that sounds like this podcast. New description? <laughs> fine, portly, buxom dames God. tell you about some broads with Moxie. <laughs> Yes. Let me just go ahead and fucking update our uh, our everything right. to reflect that. Oh god, I love that. <laughs> and we both know how to throw a goddamn good party. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's what's up. Be jealous, guys. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So at these parties, besides the lobbying, you know what else she did? Probably won't guess it. Coke. You don't... Well, besides that. <laughs> Yes, she did do that, but besides that, <laughs> hmm. you'll never guess. So I'm just going to tell you. She popularized the consumption of ice cream in America. God bless her. <laughs> so. <laughs> A woman after Danny's heart. <laughs> um, these parties were often, like, ice cream socials. Oh my and god, how cute. In fact, it's probably true that she threw the first ever ice cream socials in the nation. I love it. Yeah. It's awesome. It's also... Okay, this is less true, less based in truth, Mm -hmm. but it's also been said that she invented or popularized the cupcake. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) So she's really a woman after your own heart. She really is. She just is embodying everything that that at least Danny and I love. Yeah. Cupcakes, ice cream, cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) We like to party. (laughs) Um, okay. <laughs> so, these parties. Not only, not only were they hits among diplomats, but she also became a visible figure outside of the house as well. Mm-hmm. So, she went around town and would give gifts to people, as well as, like, accept gifts from people. Mm-hmm. And because of, like, society life at that time, there was, like, a specific way to, like, get a gift or whatever. Uh-huh. And she was apparently very good at it. Oh. I don't know what that entails, besides, I, like... It means being really super gracious, I'm sure. And then some. So She sent out a lot of thank you notes. Probably. Which I haven't done yet. Shit, gotta get on that. (laughs) (laughs) Look, by the time you're listening to this, they will be in the mail. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, carry on. So these, these gifts and, like, her being a public figure essentially further gained the favors of well-established Washington figures. Mm -hmm. She was also able to use her influence to get her family and friends into the government, like into government Mm. positions. And with like literal family and friends in the government, it pushed forth more of Madison's agendas. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell you a whole lot about Madison's agendas. That's fine with me. But like he was very pro-slavery. So maybe not a great thing that she did Mm. this. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. But yeah okay (laughs) so and now i'm gonna get into like the story that she's most known for okay so one of the endeavors that her husband got into was the war of 1812 Mm -hmm. lots of stuff happened blah 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 who cares but then (laughs) a british force landed in dc in 1814 i almost said the wrong date again in 1814 okay and began like ransacking the city oh Everybody was evacuated, but Dolly stayed in the house because, she, in the White House, because she didn't want to appear weak in the face of the British, mm-hmm. but she also wanted to stand by her husband, who was actually, I believe, fighting 
oh, in, like, actually yeah, fighting yeah. the War of 1812. But, like, unrelated. Can you imagine if we lost our president in war, like, now? No, I was actually, it's funny that you say that because I was just thinking about it. And I was like, I wonder who the last, like, president was Mm -hmm. who actively was the president but also fucking got his guns Mm -hmm. and went out to fight the british or went out to fight whomever like i was just thinking about i wonder who that last Mm -hmm. person was i wonder if it was madison no because didn't abraham lincoln no no he didn't fight he if i'm remembering correctly like is a tall, lanky man who doesn't have any, like, wherewithal about him to be a fighter. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. What we need to know about most presidents is that they're huge fucking nerds. (laughs) So accurate. Are you dating a president? (laughs) Uh, We love you, Zeth. (laughs) I was thinking about, like, what would I do if I was the first lady? And then I was like, hmm. What would Zeth do as the first husband? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, girl. Because <laughs> I was like, I, I could get into politics. You guys would throw even better parties. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Probably. Be like, hey, Congress. <laughs> Exter 2.0. Coming at ya. Everybody look for QR codes around the house. <laughs> You see that land that that chandelier up there? You want to see those lights turn blue? <laughs> if I was, if I was president, yeah, I would. You, okay, you know how there's like a picture of a before a president takes office and then <laughs> after, and it's always like, "Ooh, my man, you've been run ragged." <laughs> yes, I think most of that stress for me would come like living in the White House. Yeah. Because it's just full of, like, super historical like, uh-huh. furniture, portraits. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be around that. No. Also, I'm, it's fucking haunted. So, there's that, too. I would love to see the ghost <laughs> of a president. I would, I would love that. Dolly Madison also, I think, either the Octagon House or the White House she haunts. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple. I don't remember who, but there's a couple presidents that... Abraham Lincoln actually is one of them. Yeah, in the White House that he is visited. He there. visited Churchill. I believe. That's right. Yes, yes. Churchill yes. was taking a bath. <laughs> and he fucking looked up and was like, "Okay, yeah, hey, buddy." I think. Oh, what did he say? He was like, "I think you've caught me at a bad time, yes. Mr. President." <laughs> fucking Winston Churchill, <sighs> uh, that crazy bugger. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, we were, like, we were talking about something. <laughs> we were. We were in it. Oh, okay. 1814, he went off to fight. Yes. And so she stayed in the White House. Yes. And Dolly wrote a letter to her friend about this, and in it, it said, quote, I am not the least alarmed at these things, but entirely disgusted and determined to stay with him. So she was, like, oh, wow. taking a stand. Yeah. Um, however, her time at... In the White House didn't last very long because at this point the British were overpowering the U.S. forces uh-huh. and were like set to burn the White House to the ground. Ooh. So all the staff starts running around and preparing to leave, mm-hmm. like grabbing what they could. But Dolly, knowing the political and historical significant uh, significance of the house and like the artifacts, orders everyone to start like grabbing shit off the walls and oh, taking uh-huh. it with them. Most notably of that stuff, uh, she refused to leave the home without the portrait of the very first president, of George Washington. Uh-huh. Quote. This is this is a letter that she wrote to her sister. Uh-huh. Our kind friend, Mr. Carroll, has come to hasten my departure and in a very bad in very bad humor with me because I insist on waiting until the large picture of General Washington is secured and it were, and it requires to be unscrewed from the wall. The process was found to be too tedious for these perilous moments. I have ordered the frame to be broken and the canvas taken out. It is done, and the precious portrait placed in the hands of two gentlemen from New York for safekeeping. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. They're like, fuck it. Break the frame. Let's yeah, take the yeah. painting. <laughs> yeah. Getting it done. 
And it was, there's wow. also, like, another little thing, because they were gonna roll up the portrait, mm-hmm. and one of the, like, art people were like, hey, don't do that. And she's like, yeah, yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> you <history>. dummies. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> uh, so it's, like, still in, like, essentially, like, perfect condition. Wow. But not in the original frame. Mm-hmm. But, like, who cares? Nobody. So after this, she stayed in Virginia for a bit before it was safe to turn return to Z- D.C., and as I said earlier, most of the city is destroyed now because mm-hmm. they just ransacked the place. And because of this, Congress began to discuss moving the capital to Philadelphia rather than D.C. Because oh. D.C. is like on the water, so yeah. it's a little more vulnerable. Yep. And they already have buildings in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So why not just move it back up there? But Dolly and James were like super against the idea because it would seem like the British had beat them. Yeah. They, they've won. We, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, the charming Dolly ramped up the charisma (laughs) and just started hosting her squeezes in the Octagon House rather than the White House with the sole intent of convincing everyone there to vote to keep the Capitol in D.C. The partying and the ice cream obviously worked because (laughs) we we, we still have the D.C. (laughs) We still have the Capitol in D.C. So, that was was her. That was all her. So after Madison's second, so he finished off, I think he, I think his presidency ended in 1819, but after it, they moved back to Virginia and just chilled until James died in 1836. And once again, a widow, Dolly struggled financially because her son was accumulating a bunch of debt that he couldn't pay for. Mm -hmm. So of the assets that she had, she kept having to sell them. Yeah. And then the Congress bought something from the presidential papers from Madison, like all of his like records and whatever. Uh And with that money, they Congress set up a trust for her. Oh, okay. So that her son couldn't like get any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Dolly was kind of lonely in Virginia. So she moved back to the Capitol permanently in 1844. And this marked the start of her golden years as the grand dame of Washington. Oh, uh, hailed as a Fabulous. living connection mm-hmm. to the country's founding fathers, she was awarded an, an honorary seat in Congress. They also invited her to become the first private citizen to transmit a message via telegraph. Wow! That was her. That's what she did. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, she also remained really close to the role of presidential wife, like wives. Uh-huh. And was friends with Julia Tyler and Sarah Polk. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, when she passed away in her home at the age of 81, didn't say why, I assume oh, just wow. old age. Yeah. Uh, the whole nation just mourned her loss because she really was this like gigantic figure. Yeah. Uh, at her funeral, President Zachary Taylor uh, referred to her as the country's first lady, Aww. which is the first known public reference to the term. To and the, which is okay. why she's considered the first first lady. She's the OG Flotus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's crazy. I literally know. I, I knew the name. I didn't yeah. know anything about her. That's so cool. Yeah. Dolly Madison's real cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other. There's not many other like first ladies that I uh-huh. super am into. Uh-huh. Except for Dolly. And she died a normal way. That's right. <laughs> Not like those <laughs> dingbats. Not like those dingbats out in Washington, <laughs> Philadelphia, wherever the capital was. Perfect. That was awesome. Way to go. Thank you. So as I told you, I did my homework two hours before, I finished two hours before you arrived mm-hmm. today, and I literally was just like, I don't know who to do. My list is a hundred people deep and I was mm-hmm. like, mm, I'm going to go completely off this yeah. and just pick somebody. <laughs> so I kind of did what you do and picked a country mm. and threw a dart at it and said, okay, mm, Italy. Okay. So that's so where, Italy? that's where we're starting. Brilliant. Brilliant. Magnificent. So, that's a reference me. to the musical 1776. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh. I don't know it. Uh, it's it's all right as a musical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really into the Founding Fathers right now. 
I like it. I think it's exciting. I don't know. Like I said, everything I know about the Revolutionary War and the Founding Fathers. Yeah. I learned from Hamilton. Yeah. (laughs) Because it was just... I find history fascinating. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. However, in high school... Just Dullsville, and yeah. I could not be bothered. I had a lot of extracurriculars, <laughs> so read a lot of spark notes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, memorized a lot of things, and then immediately forgot it. Yeah. So I like I like them because we like set them on a pedestal, but and they're... then you're like gonna knock you down. <laughs> yeah, bang, they bang. like don't deserve to like ugh. <laughs> slavery. That was a huge uh, one. Also, what you a guys bummer. are just a bunch of like yeah. adulterers and hypocrites right not uh, great and nerds super nerds yeah okay so what did i say <laughs> italy italy Who okay we doing? <laughs> so first of all let me just kick your sources out of uh, the way oh yeah oh sorry <laughs> i could do that no i'll do it at the end somebody okay. remind me I'll, okay <clears throat> i'll try to so i'm gonna set i'm gonna set the scene okay let's pretend it's the 12th century mm-hmm. italy Cool. Okay. Kiana, mm-hmm. you just woke up and you yawn and stretch, try to come alive. Yeah. <laughs> Pour myself a cup of ambition. That's right. <laughs> and you're like, I'm finding it kind of hard to breathe. I, f- I can't really take a deep breath. I feel like there's something mm-hmm. maybe wrong. And you have, you have all the money you need. So you call... The, the smartest doctor in the village, mm-hmm. right? And so he comes over, and you tell him what's going on. He listens really closely and is asking you questions. And he goes, all right, I know exactly what the problem is. Mm-hmm. And you're like, great, what's going on? And he goes, your uterus has mm-hmm. just moseyed on up <laughs> into your chest. Um <laughs> And it's just hanging out up there, and that's why you're having a hard time breathing. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to put this really, really terrible smelling shit under your nose. Okay. And then we're going to kick your legs up mm-hmm. and put some sweet smelling incense and flower petals down by your hoo-ha. Mm-hmm. And because it doesn't like the bad smells, mm-hmm. it will... It'll go back down to where, to where it belongs. Danny's having such a hard time keeping it together right now. So naturally, because uteruses have noses, uh huh, it'll be like, oh, that's sentient. terrible. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so it'll follow the good smells, uh huh, and it'll mosey its way back down to where it's supposed to be. Okay. Done deal. Okay. <laughs> Feel better? Great. Your your uterus is now back where it's supposed to be. That's... Okay. <laughs> okay. That's 12th That's century... That's uterus right back down <laughs> where I need it to be. It's like, mmm, <laughs> flowers. All right. I'm going to head back down that way. <laughs> oh, my God. So, that's... We're just setting the scene. But that's... 12th century medicine for you. Mamma Mia. Fucking. <laughs> Mamma Mia. Here your uterus goes again. Oh, my God. Wandering around your body. Huh. Because that's, what's, that's what ails women. Mm-hmm. Well, you got a sore throat? Well, your uterus is probably stuck <laughs> up there. <laughs> God. I'm very interested in what this topic is going to be. What a, what a way to pull me into this story. I know. You're I'm welcome. here for it. You're welcome. Where's okay. my uterus going? <laughs> oh, my elbow hurts. So it's not tennis elbow. It's your uterus. It's kicking it. That slippery little monster. Okay. So that's where we're at. So we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Trota of Salerno. Okay. I've never heard of her. So, Trota of Salerno was one of the most famous physicians of her time and is considered the world's first gynecologist. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 So, Trota de, de, de Ruggiero. Mm-hmm. Trota de Ruggiero was most likely from a wealthy family, given, you know, her formal education to become a physician. But we don't really know anything 
about her birth or her childhood. We don't really know anything about her. She might have been married, mm-hmm. according to some sources. She might have had two children, according to some sources. But nobody really knows. Yeah. So, like I said, her name is Trota, but she's often referred to as Trotula. I'll get to that. But Trotula, historically speaking, isn't like a quote name. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not what people were called. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, a phrase. I think it means like little. Mm-hmm. So not her name. Yeah. So Trota it's is her name. Similar to the the dick from Man Island. <laughs> That yes. name? That's yeah. a phrase, not a name. Yes. Dick okay. Alcock from the Isle of Man. Yeah. Dick Alcock from the Isle of Man. <laughs> That's Thank exactly you, it. <clears throat> okay. So, Trota was a pioneer in women's health, and she specialized in obstetrics, gynecology, cosmetics, and skin diseases. Hmm. So, it's 12th century Salerno, Italy. It's right, it's basically right in the middle of Italy. Mm-hmm. And it's a trading post between Africa and the rest of Europe. So it's one of the first towns anywhere in Europe to benefit from Arabic medical texts. So it's this trading area between Africa to the south and the rest of Europe to the north. Everything's meeting kind of right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And they have medicine and cures and herbs and all of these things coming up from Africa that they've never seen or used before. Mm-hmm. But they're talking to people going, oh, this is what you use? Well, this is what we use. And it be- it became a place where they could try mm-hmm. these different things and kind of mix and match to see what, what would work best. Yeah. So they're using two different practices to make essentially mm-hmm. modern medicine or you know what leads to modern medicine. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Didn't know that. So because of this, Salerno was famous for having the first medical school and its hospitals hospitals had world a worldwide reputation for excellence. So okay. top-notch scholars are coming out of here. And generally at this time in Europe, women were denied education mm-hmm. just across the board. Yeah. Obviously. Um, we're stupid and our uterus is <laughs> everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> just wandering all over. We can't control anything. What if it goes to our brain? <sighs> Boy, does it. <laughs> but at the school of Salerno, women were welcomed as students and as instructors. Wow. Yeah. Totally. All of this blew my mind. So, while practicing medicine, she found that men really had no idea what was going on inside a woman's body. I still don't. <laughs> Go figure. I mean, wandering <laughs> uteruses, right? Right. <laughs> Just. Yeah. <laughs> Ask still... a modern man to find the clitoris. <sighs> Where's that? Nobody knows. What is that? It's a myth. <laughs> okay. That doesn't exist. <laughs> okay. So, anyway... Wandering uteruses. She's like, you guys clearly don't know what the fuck you're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she took it upon herself to write a bunch of books to teach other physicians how women need to be treated. Mm -hmm. Because we are not... Physiologically, men and women are very different and have different needs. Mm -hmm. So she's uh, most immediately associated with her book, Practica Secundum Trotum which is the basic practices of Trota. And that's just a giant tome of general health concerns. Mm-hmm. But then her most influential work is called Decurus Millerum. Mullerum. Decurus Mullerum. I don't expect you to know Latin. Look, I think you're doing a great it's job. It's fucking Latin. I got nothing. <laughs> and that, that means, that's called, that's, on treatments for women. Mm-hmm. So she wrote this book and it's, I'll get to what it is, but real quick. So this Decurus Mullerum is one of three texts in this bigger collection. Mm-hmm. It's a collection of three books and it's called Trotula. Okay. So these three books are written. They're all kind of a collection 
she for sure wrote the second one, which is the treatments for women. Mm-hmm. The one before it is called On the Conditions of Women. Mm-hmm. That um, <laughs> basically it's like a here's what should work mm-hmm. and what how the body should work because we guess that's what it yeah. does. Like it's just kind of vague. Yeah. And then the second ha- the second section is on treatments for women. Mm-hmm. And it has, you know, a little bit of theory here and there. But it's basically a, here's what works. Mm-hmm. Here's how to treat things. Okay. Um, very much like a way to care for whatever ails women. And so <laughs> it's from one of the things that I, I read it's, this is a quote from one of the articles, and it says, Does your sweat stink? Bilberry leaves seem to do a pretty good job clearing that up. Do you live in a restrictive society where your entire hope of happiness lies in being declared a virgin when you know perfectly well you aren't one? Well, here are a few constrictive herbs that might help trick your prospective husband into believing you are. Excuse me. <laughs> I was like, that is the most wordy way I could possibly read this, but it was so funny. It made me laugh really hard. That's great. So, oh you got stinky pits? Rub some leaves on them. You gotta, you you gotta convince somebody you've never had sex before? Take some of this, these herbs and it'll just pucker it right up. Ew, don't say pucker it up. I'm mad at you. I'm sorry. It's the only thing I can think of. Okay. Look, Kiana. <laughs> you need to calm down over I'm there. So it's already sorry. warm in here. You're making me schwitzy. Sorry, my uterus is just going all over the place right now. <laughs> Can't help it. <laughs> I'm just a lady. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, where was I? Okay, so that's the second book. That's the one that she wrote. And then there's a third book, which is hysterical. It's called De or Not To. Milieurum, mm-hmm. which is women's cosmetics. It was written by a man. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect, right? Fucking 12th century. They're already telling us how to fucking take care of ourselves. Uh, but basically, that was like a how-to guide, how-to guide on taking care of your face, lips, teeth, body hair, and your lady bits. Hmm. So th- those are the three sections of this book. Yes. So basically, what happened is... They knew for sure that Trota wrote a chunk of it. Mm-hmm. But rather than three separate books, mm-hmm. right, when they were, like, edited and reworked, basically they were all kind of put into one mm-hmm. and called the Tortula. And it was perceived to be one big text all written by Trota. Oh, okay. Which is not the case after after more research yeah. and stuff was done. She for sure wrote the second one because yeah. they've compared it to other works that she's written. But for was... sure she wrote the second part, which is the most fucking... <laughs> which is the best part. <laughs> it's clearly the best part because she's like, look, taking care of some actual <laughs> business. Go continue to think our fucking uteruses are just wandering all over the place. <laughs> Okay, so the Trotula, this big giant book, exists today in 126 different manuscripts that were spread over four centuries. It was one of the most widely distributed medical texts of the Middle Ages. Hmm. So for issues relating to gynecology, it was simply the reference work to have. Everybody was going to this book for help, especially all these male doctors going. Mm-hmm. So you say that the uterus stays in one place. <laughs> you say the uterus can't <laughs> smell? I don't understand. <laughs> it has two arms, but it doesn't have a nose. <laughs> uh, it's great. Uh. So, Troda's works are a collection of basic medical advice. Mm -hmm. Um, She advised women on conception, menstruation, pregnancy, cesarean sections, and childbirth. Mm. She also gives general medical advice for treating snake bites, curing bad breath, and lightening freckles. 
Her radical ideas of conception shocked the medical and social community. community. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, she believed that it is not a woman's fault if she can't conceive. Okay. So she was like, men and women equally responsible mm-hmm. for conception or non-conception. Yeah. Okay. So basically she was like, look, there might be something uninhabitable, mm-hmm. which I think is a hilarious way to <laughs> describe a uterus. Yeah. <laughs> like, your womb is uninhabitable. That can be a thing. Uh-huh. But also, maybe he's shooting blanks. Yeah. That's on him. That's not on her. Yeah. And the Christians, <laughs> the Christians were like, um, no, no, no. That's that's not a, that's not a thing. It's the man's fault. It's Never. a man's fault. Yeah. So they're all butthurt about that. But also, she believed that women should not suffer unrelenting pain during childbirth. Mm-hmm. Uh, which again, the Christians believed that a woman should suffer the pain of childbirth mm-hmm. because of the sin of Eve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I have to say to that. <laughs> So basically, she's like, that's fucking stupid. And she advocated for the use of opiates uh, produced by plants to dull the pain of labor. So if you're going to pop out a baby, maybe let's get some of that opium going. High as a kite. High as a kite. (laughs) How many women do you know who have ever... Never mind. You're too young. You don't know a lot of people who have birthed. (laughs) I know. Three. Four? I know. More than one on one hand. Fair enough. So. But tomato, tomato. <laughs> People, women are using drugs. Yeah. To get through pregnancy. Yeah. Shooting Thank it you, Trota. Into the spine. <laughs> right into the spine so you're numb from the tits down. <laughs> All you feel is a little bit of pressure. Uh, because, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The idea of a baby being inside of me gives me anxiety. I know. It makes me a feel... A baby inside of anybody? It's like an alien, and it freaks me out. You don't have to worry about anything. That's true. Danny has a, doesn't have a womb anymore. <laughs> She's gone. You can take this out if you don't want everybody <laughs> to know that. Personal medical information. <laughs> that is what we are about. Fuck HIPAA. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway... Okay, so because she thought these Christian beliefs were nuts and she was like, I've seen some shit, Mm -hmm. Uh, we're just going to get these ladies just a little bit of drugs to take the edge off. Mm -hmm. And she was like, they need special attention and special medical needs because they're growing a fucking life and birthing it. Yeah. So Trotula, excuse me, Trota's work was used for many centuries, Mm -hmm. at least five. Uh, She was a professor. Mm-hmm. and instructor at the school of Salerno. She trained her students to observe their patients and examine them thoroughly in order to prescribe them proper treatment. She also taught her, her students to listen to their patients and ask questions about their ailments. Often she recommended her patients take herbal remedies, mm-hmm. soak in warm baths, and rest to aid in the healing process, specifically after having children. She also believed that people should eat a balanced diet. Weird. Uh, exercise regularly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Live a low-stress lifestyle. I wish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and she advocated for cleanliness. Oh. Oh. Love it. Yeah. All, yes. All really good things to Great still Great advice. Today. Thanks, Troda. You're on the ball. <laughs> of course, because history likes to casually erase women from history. Mm-hmm. Many historians debated whether Trota was a woman or if she even existed. And, you know, without concrete biographical evidence mm-hmm. that Trota existed, her manuscripts were, once upon a time, attributed to a man, which is kind of where they came up with the name Trotula. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, oh, a man wrote this. Trotula is just like a pseudonym. Okay. Which is dumb. Yeah. But after more research from her manuscripts, it led scholars to believe that she indeed was a woman mm-hmm. and did exist, and she was abroad with Moxie. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. 
quick little bloop before I do the last couple things. So there I was reading about, you know, how they're trying to research her uh-huh. and, and figure this out. And there was, there's a mention of her in an anecdote uh-huh. in the the book, The Treatments of Women. Yeah. There's an anecdote about her being summoned to a village because she's the best. She's the master mm-hmm. among, among among doctors. Yeah. So they called her. because, And it didn't explain anything. It just said this woman had, um, I don't remember the Latin words, mm-hmm. but it, essentially she was suffering from wind in the uterus. And I told Danny this what? and she goes, is that queefing? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, but it sure sounds accurate. But, like, bloating? Well, basically, it was described as, like, yeah, she's, like, kind of bloated. Uh Uh-huh. And so... But specifically in the uterus. (laughs) Specifically. Wind in the uterus. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I said that, but I liked it. (laughs) The story of my life. Perfect. (laughs) Okay, so before they kind of discovered Trota mm-hmm. as the individual, mm-hmm. up until then, up until, I don't know, 1985 or something like that. 1985? Yeah, 1985. Okay. She had been known as Trotula uh-huh. because of the book. Okay. So they thought this Trotula was a woman who wrote this big, huge book with all three of the sections. Mm-hmm. Come to find out years later, not actually the case. Anyway. Point is, Trotula, read mm-hmm. Trota. The book. Oh, wait. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The lady? The, okay. Look. <laughs> Up until they did a I... bunch of research and realized her name is Trota. Yeah. They called her Trotula. Yes. Okay. So, okay. on these things that I'm going to tell you, uh-huh. she is referred to as okay. Trotula. But it, Okay. 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 Same page? Yes. Samesies? Yes. Okie dokie. We're right there. So. We're going. We're vibing. Okay. So, Trotula, read Trota, mm-hmm. okay, has a place setting in the art installation The Dinner Party Oh. by Judy Chicago, um, yes. which we talked about, I don't remember what episode Hot it was. Hot Hot chip set. Yes. Hot chip set. There you go. <laughs> she has, yeah, so she has a place at the same table as Hot chip set. Uh-huh. Which I did not know until I was almost done reading this research. And then I was like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> so, again, it's called The Dinner Party. It's by Judy Chicago. And it lives at the Brooklyn Museum of Art. Mm-hmm. I will post pictures on Instagram because it's cool. It looks like there's a couple of boobies on her plate, <laughs> which made me laugh. <laughs> there's also a women's clinic in Vienna mm-hmm. called Trotula something in Austrian. There's a street named after her in Salerno, hmm. and there's also a corona on the planet Venus that is named Trotula. Okay. You said corona, and I was like, the beer? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, didn't know where you no. were going to go with that. <laughs> but that's really cool. <laughs> yes. We, we, with that Land Rover. Oh. No, we haven't been to Venus. No, have we, we haven't. Oh, for shit's sake. Look, Land Rover I'm too Mars. hot. <laughs> I'm too hot. I can't deal. <laughs> okay. Cassie just very, like, <laughs> dramatically. With so much drama. Patted her forehead with a yellow scarf and then tossed it behind her. <laughs> and was just gonna let like, me <laughs> witness that and let her move on without commenting on it. <laughs> Look, I had a real Vivian Westwood moment and I could not contain myself. Okay, so anyway, my to wrap this up, my sources were the Wikipedia pages for both Trota of Salerno mm-hmm. and Trotula. Okay. The the one for the book. It, there's an essay written by Enrica Bellucci that I found on kingscollege.edu. It okay. was like an essay that she wrote, and it was in their Women's History Department page. And then an article on uh, womenyoushouldknow.net, mm-hmm. which is a great website. Yeah, I think I've used that. You, you have. Good. Um, and the article is called Trota of Salerno and the Problems 
of Medieval Women's Medicine. And it was by D. DeBaxi. Oh, what a name. Yeah. So, that is Trota of Salerno. Okay. The world's first gynecologist. Okay. That was cool. Thank you. That was good. I surprised me. And it was very, like, like I said, the whole dinner party thing. Mm-hmm. I got through this. I got through all of this and then was like, oh, my God, this is, I had no idea. Yeah. Anywho. All right. Do the socials. Okay. Follow us on Twitter at <laughs> Broad Scout Moxie and also on Instagram and Facebook at that Broad Scout Moxie. That's right. And then if you have suggestions or stories you want to share or, uh, you know, any of the above, you can email us at thatbroadscottmoxie at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, rate, review, it? and subscribe. Yes, rate, Please. review, and subscribe us. Tell us tell us how we did. Please. Tell us. Go ahead and leave a, like, fun fact about a founding father <gasps> for me. Oh, my gosh. And yes. also five stars. Please. Just so I can, you know, learn. We love it. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap, everyone. Yep, that's a goodbye. Bye. Bye. Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick it to the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.